and this is the Everyday Faith Podcast, where we talk about how you can connect your faith to your everyday life. This week, we are going to be talking about sacred spaces. And this is maybe a new concept, maybe something that you've played around with before, but sacred spaces is just simply a time or a place that we set aside in order to engage with God. So these spaces could be something as simple as taking intentional time in the morning, have coffee, and be in our devotional, be in prayer, be spending that time intentionally with Jesus. Another sacred space we're probably, hopefully, a little familiar with is church, because this is part of our regular routine of worship. It's part of our regular routine of life that usually Sundays or sometimes it's Wednesday nights. Uh, we engage in church in worship with people together, and that is really a sacred space and a sacred time. Other people might have like a prayer closet. I've heard that term used before where they have this specified area, whether it's a literal closet that they go and like lock themselves in to spend that time with God and be praying, uh, or they have some other place that it's not quite a closet, but maybe it's a place in nature where they can just really disconnect from other things and connect with God. Another sacred time, uh, Sabbath, the Sabbath, the day of rest which we are usually really bad at taking. You know, I was actually going to ask, um, what's a Sabbath? Is that is that something in the Bible? I don't think I've ever done that before. <laughs> well, Ben, that seems to be the problem for many of us, is we don't know how to do it. The Sabbath is, you know, this, this biblical principle that God takes six days to create the world, and then on the seventh day, he rests. And I promise you, he did not rest to... Uh, rest himself. God's all powerful, almighty. He rested to show us like we need to follow that model. We can't be working every day of the week. And we really do need to take time to slow down. My manager says otherwise. Well, your manager ain't God. So stop listening to him, listening to God more. You know, it reminds me of like people would be like, oh, the devil never takes a day off. So I can't take a day off. You need a better role model than the devil. Sorry. But the, it's supposed to be this sacred time where we can rest and just be in relationship and comfort with God. And it's supposed to be something sweet, kind of like honey or like I think of pancakes where it's like, mm, it's good. It's peaceful. So, Will, before we get too far into this, uh, I thought it would be interesting to ask what are some of your sacred spaces? And obviously I'll share mine too, but you know, we give these examples, but what are the ones that you personally have? What works for you? So funnily enough, one of my sacred spaces, or I guess it's an older sacred space that I haven't like found the new adoption to, but for a long time, when I lived in Florida, I had this sacred space of Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> And I, I know it sounds funny, but it was, it. I love it. It was, we would have a really long Wednesday where I would be, you know, at the church most of the day. And then we'd have our, our evening service. And I had like an hour and a half between uh, when our students would leave and we would have to get ready for this, this new 
uh, service that we were working on and I would take 45 minutes and I would go sit at Dunkin' Donuts and literally just be like, here's my coffee, shutting everything off. Jesus, like I'm here. I need you because I can't do the rest of this day without you. I couldn't even get this far without you. Like I need you. And that that's one of my like intentional spaces of, of taking a break to be with God. Uh, it's kind of translated to Panera up here uh, in York because there's a Panera right across the street from the church. And I can literally just, okay, we have something big coming up and I, I don't even necessarily need the coffee, the tea, the whatever, but I need that space to get away from things, to take a break and just be like, God, I'm here. I'm ready to listen. I'm ready to disconnect from the busyness of everything. Other things is like, I try to make a sacred time every time I enter a room and really sit down in my apartment for the first time. So I have a Bible in every room that I regularly go to in my, my apartment. So like in my office, I have one in the living room. I have one. The one I usually have in the kitchen is currently at church, but I try to take the sacred time of like, when I sit down for the first time in these rooms, just to take a couple minutes and be like, open the scriptures they're all at a different part in the scriptures too so it's really fun sometimes i'm like reading through the gospels in one and the old testament leviticus in another and you know the prophets in another but it's taking time to just slow down and be like okay whatever i needed to come in here for realistically can wait for a couple of minutes so i can spend time with god and having intentional time at the beginning and end of every day of just saying look i'm gonna spend this time praying because I need it. God knows I need it. And they're good for me. I think that morning and evening prayer, that is probably, I feel like it's one of the most common ones that people talk about is, oh, I pray every time I get up. I pray every time I go to bed. And that has been one of the hardest ones for me to create. And I, I feel like most people wouldn't expect that as a pastor. Like, oh, well, of course you probably pray every morning and every night. And I do my best to try and do that. I don't know why, man. I just cannot seem to get myself into that habit of every single day when I get up and when I go to bed, I pray. I pray throughout the day. I have my moments of prayer in my other sacred spaces. I don't know, the morning and nightly prayer. That's been a hard one for me to build. I think like for me, it was starting off of just like, good morning, God, and trying to start on that mindset of like gratitude and gratefulness that I woke up this morning, that whatever's going on, like, God, you got me. And I'm trying to just center myself on that for the day. And that's helped me. But it was honestly just a process of, of like, almost like when you start to pray before you eat, and sometimes you get a couple of bites in and then you're like, <gasps> We didn't pray. Cursed food, triple calories. Oh, wait, are you saying if you pray for the food, the calories disappear? No, I'm saying that if you don't, Satan's allowed to put a curse on the food that triples the calories. Oh, yeah. Hot twist. Um, but yeah, like just taking that time and like sometimes, yeah, you get you get a little bit into your day and you're like, shoot, I didn't say my morning prayer. And <laughs> you feel off for it a little bit, but not like guilty, but just like I needed that. So, and people that know me know I am not a fan of necessarily super long-winded prayers. Uh, my preaching prayer is, God, help, amen. 
Like it is known when I preach, yep. that will be my preaching prayer. And I don't plan on changing that anytime soon because God knows that I need the help and he knows every way that I need the help. And he, he does not need me to say every little thing that I need help with. He knows that I'm like, got you help with this. Cause uh, I'm falling way short out here and I need you to pick up the slack. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But like, I, I don't think it always needs to be long, but it needs to be intentional and, and sacred. I, I think for me, so I actually kind of laughed when you said the Dunkin' Donuts thing, and then you started talking about those moments of like, it's not about the coffee, it's not about the donuts. And I realized I've actually had my own sacred spaces like that. There's a little coffee shop about half an hour away from my house. I wish it was closer because I would honestly go there all the time. But it's this little Christian coffee shop. And I've had a couple of times where I was working on a really big project and I just kind of needed that space. And there is something there. There's just something in the atmosphere of like, it's quiet, it's calm. And I don't know, you just, it allows you to feel the presence of God differently than you can when you're at home, you're surrounded with distractions or when you're in the workplace and all you can think about is work. So yeah, I, I, I get that. I don't know. That's one of my recurring sacred spaces, but I understand it. It, it took me a long time to realize it was a recurring thing. Like I probably went for like six to eight months in a row before realizing like spend a lot of time kind at Duncan. Sweet and special time that I have with God. And it's not just sweet because I ask for sugar in my coffee. Um, it's sweet because I'm taking that time and just being like, God, I need to reconnect before the rest of the day. For sure. Because I I need it. Uh, I think some of my other ones are maybe one of these is a little, the, the first one's probably a little unorthodox, but I think of like exercise time. So if I have any runners who listen to this, you'll probably understand there is something really peaceful about long distance running. Anybody who doesn't exercise is probably getting ready to burn me at the stake for saying that. But there's just something peaceful in running where you're getting away from everything. It's that quiet space and it's time where you can just talk with God. You can just listen for God. And probably the other one that's a bit more common and I highly recommend it to people who have to commute for work, but it's that morning commute, the morning and the evening commute. And it takes me 20 minutes to get to work, 20 minutes to come home. And that's 40 minutes a day that I know I'm not going to be able to do anything else. So why not give that time to God? And sometimes it comes in the form of a really great worship session where I'm just going to have to blare some worship music and sing at the top of my lungs, like, praise God. Thank you for everything that you do. You're just so great. So good. Sometimes it's, it's listening to my Bible and Hey, 40 minutes of reading the Bible, even if you're listening to it, that still counts. So 40 minutes of reading the Bible, every time you go to work, that adds up. Uh, and sometimes it's just sitting in silence. Sometimes it's turning the radio off. It's leaving the Bible off and just sitting and listening for God for that 20 minutes before and after work. Those times are just so important. Um, and, and so but before we move on again, I also wanted to ask you, you know, we define sacred space as this time or place that we set aside to engage with God. And so what does that engagement look like? So I think part of the engagement is, is being intentional and, and like 
doing our stuff to talk with God, whether that's our prayer, our worship, our reading of the scriptures, like those are great things. But I think that's also equally important to recognize that we need time to listen. And that's, I think that's an intentional thing that we lose a lot because we go to God and we're like, Hey God, word vomit, <laughs> all of this stuff going on. And, and God can take that. God knows what's going on. He still wants to know what's going on. And you can talk about those things with God, but then you, you sit there, you pray for 20 minutes and you say, amen, without having a single moment to just be still and listen. It, we forget sometimes. I think that prayer is not one directional. It's supposed to be a conversation and it's about a relationship with God, which means there has to be conversation going both ways. So yeah, that listening, that's honestly sometimes the harder part of that engagement during your sacred space. Yeah. And that engagement goes like, it's deeper than just a cursory. I'm, I am indeed sitting here with the Bible playing on, you know, my phone in the car, whatever, but it's like, intentional listening engaging asking like god what are you trying to show me here god what are you trying to teach me through this scripture what what did this mean for the people then and how does this apply to my life like it's being mentally engaged a lot spiritually engaged emotionally engaged like we have to be all in in our engagement physically engaged like service is a sacred time where we get to go and help other people like that's that's something really important it's considered a spiritual discipline that we help others and i think there's something sacred to that but we have to make sure that we keep it sacred that it's not just you know with a mission trip it's not just a vacation someplace it's we're going to go and join in what god's doing already which, of course, leads into this next part of our episode here of, well, then, how do we do that? Uh, and if I could take a stab at it, I'd say that it's about, at its core, cutting out uninterruptible time into our schedule. Now, this idea of uninterruptible time, it doesn't just apply to our relationship with God. I think as a society that is constantly filled with noise and distractions, people are starting to realize the importance of blocking out time for things. There's all sorts of apps and social media methods and stuff that you can see that I, the one I can think of off the top of my head is like the Pomodoro method. There's all these different methods for blocking time to help you stay focused. Because the reality is, as much as we want to believe that we are excellent multitaskers, most of us are not, and we need focused time. Will is waving his distracting phone at me as I speak about this. Well, as you were talking about that, I was like, man, what is one thing that we worship? And it is our calendar. I, I know you can't see it very well across the screen, Ben, but like see I have a bright white screen. Yeah, and it's like, <laughs> this morning we have this time blocked out it is intentionally spaced for us to spend time to talk to cord and then like this afternoon i have intentional space blocked out for sending emails and responding to emails i have intentional space blocked out for meetings that i have to go to later and we 
we spend so much time putting together a calendar of all the places that the world says we need to be. And sure, we might very well need to actually be there. But on the other end, like, how often do we block out that space and time for God? And, and that's just it, is we have a rigid, fixed schedule. We know our 40 hours that we're going to week. It's in our calendar. We wouldn't come up on Monday morning and say, okay, I'm scheduled 8 to 5 today. But, you know, I'm just not feeling it. I'm just not going to go to work. I mean, most of us wouldn't do that. There are definitely some people out there who will. But most of us wouldn't just be like, you know, I'm just not feeling it. I'm not going to go to work. And then we certainly wouldn't do it for two days in a row or a week or for most of our life because we'd recognize that there are consequences to not sticking to that budgeted time to go to work. And then when we are there at work, generally, unless you work from home, uh, we're focused on our work. Sorry, that was an unfair shot at all of you guys who work at home. But listen, coming from someone who does half of my work at home, I recognize the distractions that are there. But you know, there's if you, a lot of distractions. There really home. is. But you know, when you go to an office or you go to a store or whatever it is to work, we understand that we have to shut everything off. We try and avoid getting caught on our phone at work because we know that our boss is not going to be happy if we're distracted on our phone while we're at work. We won't sit down and say, well, let me just put the TV on in the background while I'm serving customers at the restaurant. We recognize that we have to be focused on our job for that time. But like Will said, it's this idea of we don't have that same kind of scheduling and rigidity in our plans with God. We're not willing to commit to every day from this time to this time, I'm going to make sure I spend that time with God. Uh, I think sometimes maybe that gets drowned out in this idea of, well, I can't be rigid with God because I don't want to put God in a box. And no, we don't want to put God in a box and say, I can only experience him from 8 to 8.05 every morning and 8 to 8.05 every night, but better to have those blocked out times than none at all. I think it comes down to like this idea of intentionality. Like when we go to go to work, like we are intentional with this is we have to get X, Y, Z done during this time frame uh, or we're going to be behind or I'm going to have to work extra, whatever the case might may be. But we're super intentional with our time. And yet we usually like I've seen people and like I've done it in my own life where I have tried to establish the habit of whether it be engaging with scripture or praying like where it's very easy to say, yes, from this time to this time, I'm going to, I'm going to take it out to pray. But I lose that intentionality very quickly when other things come up. When, whether it's internal or external, like I am distracted and it's very easy to lose that time and that attention with God. And it just kind of slides away. That intentionality, honestly, that's probably the key word here when it comes to sacred spaces is sacred spaces have to be intentional. You know, they have to be intentionally quiet. They have to be intentionally separated and we have to be intentional about going to them. Uh, you mentioned the idea of internal and external distraction. And I was actually going to build on that a little bit to say that, you know, we talked about the external distractions. We talked about the idea of find your coffee shop, find your prayer closet, whatever it is to cut out those outside distractions. And I feel like those are honestly pretty easy to do. We may not have the motivation to do it all the time, but 
even our phones, as distracting as they are, have a do not disturb button. You can shut off all your notifications with the push of a button or just turn the phone off. But then, of course, if we're talking about intentionality, we also have to be intentional about shutting off the internal distractions. And I think that's a big part of making a sacred space truly sacred is whether it's a time or a place, it has to be a time or place that we agree not to bring our internal junk to it and let that dominate the time with God. It's this idea that while, yes, we want to bring our troubles to God, yes, we want to bring those things to God, when they become our focus and we're just talking about all the things that are going on in our life, but we're kind of ignoring the God who's listening to us, then we kind of lose that sacredness of the space itself, of the time itself. And we have to be able to intentionally say, you know what? Even though I've got a million things going on right now, and I want to just word vomit all over God right now and let it all out, I'm going to take a moment to set those things aside, and I'm going to say, God, what do you have for me right now? Here in this coffee shop, here in my prayer closet, here on my commute to work, God, I got a million things inside of me, so quiet my soul and tell me what you have for me right now. That reminds me of a camp that I used to work for years ago where part of our evening program, we did this really, really cool exercise where like I introduced it as we are going to pray for the person sitting directly next to us, like buddy up, whatever. But don't ask them what you're going to pray for. And we had this, this time where it was like, okay, I'm going to say a series of short prayers and then we're going to practice this. And the first was God, right now we silence the voice of the enemy of distractions. Like we silence that voice. Amen. And then it was a prayer from all of us of God, please silence my own heart. Let me be still and in tune with what you're doing. Amen. And then we had this time where they would then pray with each other. And it was literally just like, I, I can't describe it anyway, but miraculous. Some of the things that people got prayed over for, because there is no way that somebody should have known to pray over these things for other people and taking that time and just being like, God, help me quiet myself right now. God, help me quiet the voice of the enemy of the distracted, the adversary, whatever you want to call it. But just saying like, God, there is, there is something against me and I need you to silence it. And I know you can silence it. And I have trust and faith that you will silence it. Like those prayers right there were so powerful. And it really created a sacred space because it was saying like, God, we don't want distractions. We want you. I love that line. If that was the way to end the podcast right there, if it wasn't too short, I'd have said, let's just cut it right there. But we have to keep going, Will. We got more to talk about. I, God, I don't want distractions. I want you. I love that idea. Um, and it comes back to that intentionality that we were talking about. Even though I, I hate the word intentionality, I have a love-hate relationship with it. I love Because that I word. feel like if I have to say it's intentional and I have to make it, it's, it's intentional. I feel like I'm losing the intentionality because it's forced intentionality, but I digress. 
we'll have to we'll have to have a it's a weird thing we'll have to have a talk about your love-hate relationship with intentionality another time will but um (laughs) i like the word so i i like it because of what it means i just hate when it gets overused and i feel like there's so many things we need to be intentional about that we force it out of being intentional and being robotic almost but we digress big time (laughs) so (laughs) so ben what did these places in these times look like as we digress into our last thing we wanted to talk about there's still this lingering question of why any this stuff matters why the sacred spaces are so important so will i know you had a couple of things to say about that so i'll let you continue back on track now yeah so part of it is comes back to that word intentionality creating that space for god as we look like just new testament alone just gospels alone we can see constantly jesus was taking time to separate from the crowds to spend with God, to spend in time in prayer, to separate out from what's going on. And I think it's so important that we recognize that we need that too. Like if Jesus, the son of God needed it, how much more so do we need that? Because if we get caught up in everything and we don't take that time, we lose our connection. We don't have that sacred space. Quickly, we'll find ourselves conforming to the ways of the world. Yeah. And one of my favorite stories in the bible to talk about this obviously it's kind of hard to top jesus so i guess you win for pulling the jesus card jesus is pretty hard to top there (laughs) but another favorite i like to always share is uh the elijah story and i call it the elijah story like there's not several elijah stories but when he goes out into the mountains and it says that there was i want to say it was a great earthquake and then there was was a great roaring wind and there was a great fire i don't know what order it occurred in but there were these three things this this earthquake and the fire and the wind and the point was that he was out in these mountains separated far from everything else to listen for god and there were these great distracting things i mean if you're out in the middle of nowhere and suddenly there's an earthquake that's probably pretty terrifying and same with a fire roaring up and also when it sounds like a big storm's coming through you get a little panicked And yet, after all those things, he said God wasn't in any of them, but there came a still small voice, as some translations read. A still small voice, and in that, Elijah heard God. And so this is where I come back again to that intentionality idea with sacred spaces, is that if Elijah was hoping to hear God, and he just stayed in the busy city, he may never heard him. You know, the reason that they mentioned the fire and the earthquake and the wind is because I feel like a lot of times as Christians, we're hoping that we're going to have a a Moses moment. We're going to have that burning bush moment where God steps in. There's a big giant pillar of fire and it says, Moses, listen to me. And he's going to tell us exactly what we need to hear right in that moment in this big thundering voice. But this Elijah story reminds us that like, while God had appeared in fire before, this time that's not where he was while god had sounded like a rushing wind before he wasn't there this time 
And while God was literally there in the formation of the earth, just because the earth was shaking doesn't mean it was God. And I think more often than not, God does speak to us quietly. He doesn't speak to us in this loud, audible, booming, earth-shaking way, but he speaks quietly. And the reason it's so important we recognize that is because God will let us speak over him. If we don't want to make time for God, he won't force it. And he will let us distract ourselves so much that we never hear from him. And so that's where, again, we come back to this idea of we have to be intentional about it. We have to give him space, whether that space is off in the mountains or in a coffee shop or a car. We have to give him time because otherwise we just may not hear him. Yeah, often in life, we we all hold something sacred to us where we put it above everything else and tune into that. But more often than not, the world tells us to hold something else sacred above God. Often I, I will use the word productivity as a blanket term because so often we worship, we keep our productivity sacred. And like, I, I get it. We need to pay the bills. We need to be able to live. We need a job. Just the way the world is right now, you got to be productive to some level just to survive. Well, do we put it? Sorry. And even there's a, a biblical imperative to do that. You know, the Proverbs are full of passages that talk about the importance of if you rest, poverty will come upon you like a, just boom like that. Uh, you know, there is goodness and productivity, but continue. <laughs> but it's not something to be worshipped. Correct. And I think that's where the world is right now, where we we get so wrapped up in having to be productive to produce, whether it's content, uh, our job, whatever, we get so wrapped up in it that we lose the actual sacredness that we're supposed to put to God. Because it all revolves around our job or for, for many students that I've had, it their sacred thing is their sports. And everything revolves around their sports and you know sports are good i enjoy watching sports students that are great at it it can get you a good scholarship like i'm not bashing on sports but when that becomes a thing that we worship and that we put above our relationship with god we are making it sacred we're making our practices sacred more so than time with god and that's dangerous i think what ends up happening with a lot of that stuff, whether it's sports or academic teams, some kind of hobby that we have, we end up in this situation where we kind of just let life happen to us. And so we get, we arrive at this place where we say, well, I just don't have time to do such and such a thing. Whether that is, I don't have time to pray. I don't have time to read the Bible. I don't have time to go to church. I just don't have time for God is ultimately the message that we end up with because we know that we're going to have our sports practice. We're going to have our, our academic stuff that we have to do. And we let all of these things just pile up and we let the world start to dictate our life, our schedule, and even our relationship with God rather than remembering that it, it is ultimately our responsibility to take a proactive stance and say, no world, 
while you may have all of these things that you're telling me I need to do, the most important thing I need to do is maintain my relationship with God. Reminds me of something my uh, my gunnery sergeant in NJRTC used to tell us all the time. I love Gunny Hanson, great Christian dude. And he would tell us, you know, our freshman year, if you don't tell the world what you're going to be and what you're going to do, the world's going to tell you who you're going to be and what you're going to do. Absolutely. And that concept applies so well to this. If you don't say, I am going to be intentional and engage with scripture, engage with God, you will find the world giving you 50 million reasons why you don't have time to engage with God, to have a sacred space. The world will tell you it's a waste of time. The world will tell you, you need to be doing this over that. You know, you, you have to be productive. You have to be pushing out content. You have to do any number of things. But if you say, I am going to be intentional. I am going to be somebody that follows God. I'm going to put my relationship with Christ first. You'll be able to do it. You'll find a way. But if you don't do it, you don't take that stand. The world's going to tell you whatever you, whatever it wants you to be or whatever it needs you to be. And this is really where the sacred spaces come into play so much. This is what the idea of a sacred space is all about, whether it's a physical place or if it's a time that's set aside. And Will, I, kn I know you don't like the word intentionality, but it does come down to intentionality. It comes down to making intentional space for God to speak to us because there is going to be every reason not to do it. There is going to be so many other things that we can prioritize over God. But at the end of the day, the one thing that is up to us is that we have to make that time for him. Our faith is built on our relationship with God. Our whole faith is relational. We say that we're depending on God for everything, for our next breath, for our salvation, for everything. And so if we're going to depend on God for everything, then we have to be in a position both to ask him for what we need and to receive it. And the best place that we can do that is in those sacred spaces where we have time set aside to say, God, this is what's going on. This is what I need. Speak to me. Thanks again for listening this week. We'd like to give a special thank you to Travis D'Amato for both our theme music and sound editing. If you like either, you can find and contact him at Music 93 on Instagram. That's D-A-M-A-T-O Music 93. Remember to follow us on social media at Everyday 